You're, you're kidding me. Hi, Matt. How are you today? Oh, my oh. God. As, thank, Hi, Matt. Yeah, thank you. As if today wasn't going to be difficult enough. No, it's not difficult. It's a great day. Where are your headphones? The ones I took home last week? I Please tell me you brought them. No, we have new ones. Okay, you're going to have to find an adapter. If you were here in pre-show, we would be set up for this. But now, what's going on, guys? Matt with Carolina Coops coming to you live from Creedmoor, North Carolina. This is Video Chicken. And also, it is December. What's today? December 10th? Yes. I also want to make sure we put a timestamp out there. December 10th, 2021. We are live. Sitting to my left is our chickenista sales girl yeah. unprepared with her headphones, without her headphones. Excuse me. Let me go Not, find. Yeah. You better make this right yeah, soon because today me. we have a guest. I know. I watched uh, a bunch of her stuff. She's wonderful. And you you can't hear her if you don't have the headphones. So now what you don't understand is she's smiling right now. The hell I'm going to pay after the show. Be like, how dare you? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. So what we have to do, can you do me a favor? Find your headphone. They're down. They're down there. They are here. You didn't take them home. All right, guys. So, so sorry about that. I hope you enjoyed that promo. I noticed that we did start it early. We had it muted, and I'm not sure if it worked until later, like halfway through it, but um, there's already compliments for the promo. Uh, good job, Ingrid. And I do love that promo. Loved everyone. We're going to give everyone a chance to come in here. And if... Uh, just please say hi. Let us know where you're watching from. This show is for you guys. We're going to officially... All right, check, check. How do I sound? Can you hear me? Great. <laughs> Everything's wonderful. All right, can you hear Ingrid now? I just want to make sure your headphones are working. Can you hear me, Kristen? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. All right, perfect. All right, again, coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina. This is Video Chicken. It is December 10th, 2021. Now I think we're ready. We have a guest today it's been a while i'm so excited about this guest and i'm glad you got your headphones so you can hear her <laughs> that's yes. right all right now i want to let everyone know i'm going to be a baby i am sick i am slightly feeling better i almost wasn't going to do the show not because i'm sick i can be a little salty when i'm sick and mm. i have to worry about me getting mad so this is north carolina matt not new york matt <laughs> Um, I think we're ready to Meaning go. Generally, you're in a better mood when you're right. There. So, and then truth be told, so you went and got the paints this morning with your daughter. Yeah, we spent some time at the art store. Uh, we're going to be doing your logo on the wall with paint, and the the paint store, the art store, just happened to be next to a pet store. And it's take your cat to work day. It is take your cat to work day. So it we have a cat <laughs> from my selection. Now, now hold on, just so you know. Nan is just hearing about it now. <laughs> so I know. I told her when she was showing us the picture the other day of, of the cat that she likes. Didn't I say it was take your cat to work day? You said a lot of things. Oh, yeah. But right. it's easy to say things and actually come through with yeah, it, which you true. did because I heard meowing coming from your office this morning. <laughs> uh, so my daughter, obviously, so she just got out of school. So she's taking a beeline. No, she doesn't do it, go to one. So she's got to be going nuts. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's get right into it. Again, if you guys are watching, which obviously if you hear me, you are. We are live right now. And this show is for you guys to ask any of your questions. Chicken coops, chicken coop building, chickens, of course. And again, today. And possibly cats. Cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And that is Ingrid. We do have her back again. Um, I did take a COVID test just for her. And 
Well, I, it was for all of us, really. Well, that makes it sound. But I want Ingrid to feel, no, because no, then she's. Like, no, it, it, I want people to feel comfortable. I do not have COVID, so I, I need to say that for the record as well. Mm-hmm. That is very important. Um, COVID so, free zone. COVID free zone. Yes, I, I want everyone to feel comfortable. Isn't that right, everyone that works for me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Ingrid, I'm glad you're here. We cannot do this show without you so hard. And after last week's show, do we have any pictures that we can show uh, what we did after last, week, last week's show? I can try to find them. Yeah, if you could try to find them because we had to kind of mess with the studio in here so we could take some pictures on oh, yeah. this beautiful rope wrap Bruce bar. It all blurs. I have a hard time remembering. It, it does. Can you believe we're here already? Yeah. I feel like we were just here. So we had to kind of piece the studio back together because so we had to move a bunch of stuff around. And um, so anyways... <clears throat> so it is already 12.05, and I have not had a chance. Have you had a chance to review Ingrid's show notes yet? No, I just got here with my daughter and my cat <laughs> and my paints and Oh, there's, cat a, food there's a great shot. Do you want me to yes. share that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, I think people get a kick out of seeing uh, what happened after the show. We got some great pictures. And the reason why we were taking the Wait, pictures what? of the chicken is to get her fluffy butt and mm-hmm. her beautiful legs, which we had to bathe her because she ended up having stress defecation, I think we called it. <laughs> and uh, um, Let me see if I can get something. Clean her legs, got some, I don't know, like a thousand pictures of her on this roost bar so that we can have this official sticker sure on the box or boxes for the rope wrap roost bars. Was, we, there, I, was there a casting call for that? Because I, my, I've got some chickens that would look lovely on there. And I'm yeah. sure... Um, the president of Chickenlandia also has some. President of Chickenlandia. I love that name, by the way. I can't, I can't yes. wait to ask her where that came from. Well, she's uh, in the Pacific Northwest. So she got lost. So she's come back in. All right, yeah. there she is back in the green room. Not sure what happened there. But, That's okay. Um, all right. So 1215, we're going to have a guest speaker on. And so she is who, who Dahlia. Mm-hmm. Dahlia. And, and, and Dahlia does what? Let's, let's talk about Dahlia a little bit before we bring her in. We should let her introduce herself. No, well, I think you should introduce yeah. her. Okay. Yeah, no, we okay. should absolutely in- introduce her because um, we're going to interview her. So you said she's the president of Chickenlandia. Yeah, she does backyard chicken education So this on is a- YouTube and okay. other social media. Very nice. So this yes. is like this yes. is like Bob. Bob Davis back yes. in the day, a local. She reminds me a lot of myself, actually. I'm not surprised. We could de- yeah, we could definitely I'm hang. not. I'm not surprised about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so to- Very relatable. I right. muted her so she could be in her house, mm-hmm. um, but now I need to unmute her because I want her to chime in soon. <laughs> so just just so you know, and, and this is a sad statement, but you know what? I'm proud of this. I mean, Mackenzie already, and she hasn't been here that much. North Carolina, Matt, is way, capital letters, right? That's exclamation. That's mm-hmm. yelling. Way different than North okay, Carolina, Matt, for sure. Huh? What happened to our back? Drop. I changed to comments. Oh, okay. I'm screwed. So this is where Ingrid gets mad at me too. No, no, I'm I'm fine. I just want I wasn't making that up. It's it's one of the reasons why I had to come back to North Carolina. New York Matt was killing North Carolina Matt. I, I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> oh, the split personalities. Right. So and and did we have there was some last minute comments that came in last week from last week's um, show that I wasn't sure if uh, we had a chance to talk. We about. Uh, we do answer comments uh after the show actually yeah i had my thing here but we'll get to them all right so we have dahlia the president of chickenlandia and we're gonna have her on at 12 15 and we're going to what are we gonna do are we gonna ask her about what she does right. are we gonna 
pick her brain. I know there's some questions that have come up that maybe we can get her expert advice I have a on. few questions for her. Awesome. I love that. Uh, so before we begin, I wanted to do something. And we have just enough time. I've learned something yesterday mm-hmm. other than I hate being sick. We're going to do a quick experiment. Now, it is winter time. It is cold, especially up north, and people love our heated water systems. Yes? Yes. Yes, they do. And one of the things I learned, and so here's what happened. We had a customer call yesterday, and she said, my barrel is frozen. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that means something's wrong with your heater. And I always want to know, how do we troubleshoot it? So if you're not familiar with what this is, this is a 1,000-watt heater that comes on with a relay, so it's a thermostatic switch, and they are great. They'll keep 50 gallons of water thawed all the way down to negative 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So this is one of the major key components in our heated water system. And the heated water system will not work if one part, is, if there's a link, uh, a kink in the chain, if you will. Um, so I've learned how to troubleshoot your heater to find out if it is not working or working. And or more importantly, you know what the manufacturer said? They said before it gets cold out, that you need to check that it is going to work. And by checking it also, for lack of better terms, resets it. So you have a little metal relay in there that's adjusted by temperature. And sometimes it can get stuck. So we need to shock it. So what I want to do real quick is we're going to take this out. I, I know. didn't know that either. I know. See, da, 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 and they're not easy to get out of that rain barrel. It's not horrible. All right, so we're going to get at it because <laughs> you have to keep it in the freezer for an hour. And so I want to go and get this started. And I don't know if Nan is listening. So Nan, It's a good thing I don't have very many standards as far as what I put in my freezer. Can very, I? very low oh, wait, standards. Um, so, and I was going to do our first TikTok video of this. And I thought I could do it under 60 seconds. And of course, before I even started the timer on the stove, Jetta's like, no, Daddy, you, you got to do three minutes now. So we're gonna open this up now. I also learned <laughs> you don't something. Have to. Huh? You're talking you to your mic. To. I can't. It's come... You don't have to do three minutes. It's a perfect right there. Um, no, you're right. But with me, I mean, come on now. All right. So now I also learned something else. This is very important for the record. All right. I learned some amazing stuff. Now. If you have one of our heated water systems or you just are thinking about getting this, whatever, trust me, this is good information. The Model H, I'm going to show that, see if you guys can see that. I don't want to get too close because it's not going to focus. Take my word for it. Model H409. That means this is a 1,000-watt heater that will not heat up your water where it's warm. It gets it up to like 40 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the potential wattage, right? It doesn't always go... Or, or does it That's turn on what I thought. I, I tell you, I was, yeah, actually, I've been, I I've been wrong. It comes on, it comes off. Okay. okay. So I pull it out. I said, you got to make sure it's the H409. So this is the H409 and check the stamp because that's how you're going to prove that you have an H409. Because if you have a W409, it's actually going to heat the water up so it's really, really warm. I pull it out. Oh. I pull it out. What's that say right there? W. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I didn't know that. I feel like I need to write that down. Well, now, hold on. And the story goes on. Oh, yeah. Story goes on. Uh, so I called up the manufacturer right away and asked him, I said, one, how can we troubleshoot these? And number two, what's going on here? Why is it W409? Now, I want for the record, before I say what I say, I love this company. Every vendor that we decide to partner with and promote their product, it's not just because it's a great product. And you know, I do obviously try to get as much American made. This is not American made, but it's an American company. Either way, I love good customer service because when you're in business, there's safety in numbers and you need people to fight for you. And that's what we love to do for our customers, right? Well, our vendors better do the same thing. So I get them on the phone. 
right away I'm on the phone with the higher ups and they said, Matt, to be honest with you, and this is just like us. See, I got goosebumps just thinking about this because I can relate. They said, we ran out of the casting for the H409, but in order to keep up with demands, we had to use the W409. And he said, Matt, we hated we had to do it, but that's what we had to do to get the product to the customer. So I thought that was fascinating. <laughs> One, I'm not alone. Yeah. Because <laughs> God knows we do. Yeah, we got... and it's nice they had a workaround. They had a workaround. What I do wish, and it probably would have caused more confusion, that maybe yeah. that said that in here. Yeah, but exactly. That's what happens with us. The more yeah. you try to explain, the more confused people get. Or, or maybe someone <laughs> on the assembly line with a Sharpie could have just... That's not bad. And and also notice too, where's where's the um, bite guard? So you wouldn't know it, but if you've seen some of our older ones, they can't get the, the coil, the metal coil goes around here to prevent, if you're using this wrong cattle, mm -hmm. to keep cattle from chewing on it. So anyways, um, all right, here's what we need to do. Uh, we need to get this in the freezer. Oh, oh, and here's another, here's a, here's a big one. So when we were doing the custom coupon in Santa Fe, New Mexico, our customer said, Matt, I have a high, how can I word it? She's allergic to aluminum. Mm -hmm. That's what she said. And there's aluminum everywhere. So I, I, I can't, I'm not going to get into details. I'm just not smart enough to know that. But she asked me, you know, is this going to be safe for people that are allergic to aluminum? So I called up again, the manufacturer. I, t I asked them yesterday about that. They said that the trace that could potentially ever end up in your body from using this is so low, it's almost undetectable. However, they do have a solution. And I wanted to share that solution with our customer out in Santa Fe, New Mexico, this big, beautiful custom coupe right here. Thank you for bringing that up, Ingrid. Mm -hmm. And also for everyone out there that they have copper. They have another heater just like this. It looks a little different. It looks like a butterfly, not a ring donut. Mm -hmm. That is copper. And around it is a galvanized cage, if you will, to keep it off the plastic. Because the problem is if that copper touches the plastic, you're going to melt a hole in your barrel. Mm -hmm. Here, you don't have to worry about it. That's the beauty of aluminum. So there is an option. But if you remember doing shows, I don't know, what, 20, 30 shows ago when we had my beloved yeah. science teacher on, Mr. Mm -hmm. Chaffin, uh, it's amazing. There's still going to be lead in copper. It, it, it's just nuts. But the point is um, I'm going to share this with my customer and let them make the decision. That's what I want to do is give them the choice. We're trying to make sure we learn about the products that we offer as much as possible. Okay, great. Here's Non. So Non. Can you come in sporting the, uh, it's tie-dye fry-dye. <laughs> uh, I would like for you to put this in the freezer. So it's 12.15, so the minimum is 15 minutes. All right, there we go. Just put that right in the freezer and put it in the bottom of the freezer because that's where it's really cold. That's where we put the beer to warm or cool it down, right? And the pork chops. Uh, I see some questions coming in, so thank you. We are going to get to your questions. And I love, uh, I saw a lot of the comments from last week's show. They were so happy that we were able to focus on the comments. Okay, it's twelve fifteen. Yes, it's twelve fifteen. Can you unmute her? Because I'm not. I'm having problems. Um, my friend. <laughs> well, I am gonna do the best. All right, so this is. We should put uh, something in the. Well, does she have something for the background? Oh, no, well, we're no. gonna be seeing her. And, okay. All right, so we're gonna bring in Dahlia. This is the president of Chickenlandia. What a great! I just love saying Chickenlandia. Yeah, I kind of wish I would have got that one. So we're gonna bring her in out of the green room. So uh, which scene are you in? You're in this one. We're gonna go down here, and so you edit all this stuff out, right? Oh no. Oh, Nan says her mic isn't on. Yes. All right, let's, uh, let's focus. I'm fo. You know what I realized <laughs> this week? I am so focused. I'm hyper-focused. I'm able to focus on multiple things that people are like, oh, you're that. getting squirreled. 
Mm-hmm. What I will prove mm-hmm. it. Um, didn't you? Yeah, we had an interview at the top here. Okay, so here we go. Oh, yeah, we, we used your chickens for the interview. Mm. And it needs to be unlocked, which it is. And we're going to bring in Dahlia. There's yeah. Dahlia. Hey. Yeah. And uh, there she is. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I'm oh. good. Oh. I'm yes, good. there you I'm are. We're happy to be here. Wonderful. So nice to have you on the show. Thank you. Hmm. We have a delay, a big delay. Yeah. Well, not she sure. said her internet isn't the best out where she is. So I I'm apo- noticing that. <laughs> All right. So we're going to try to get through this. Uh, again, thank you so much for being here. It might make it a little bit cumbersome, but we're going to give it hell. All right. Yes, this delay. This that's good. We we didn't have a problem with the delay earlier. No, not everything works when we test. <laughs> oh yes, of, of course it does. <laughs> everything works when we test, and now there's a delay. Um, I may try to restart it. Let's see if we can't speed this up, or if there's anything we can do because the delay just makes it. So, we've tried this before, and it makes okay. it so yeah. difficult. Yeah, we can just maybe it, it was how long she was in the green room. Possibly. Yeah, let, let, let's just re. Yes, and for Dahlia, we yeah. will do it for yeah. the president of Chickenland, yeah. Landia. <laughs> All right, so um, Dahlia, <laughs> if you could you. just call us back, and we're going to try to do this again. Okay. Just All reconnect. Right. Yes. Reconnect. All right. Sorry about that, folks. We're going to try to bring her in because I know it's it's. It's not worth doing if we have that delay. Yeah. So internet, unfortunately, has to be. So in the meantime, people can check out Welcome to Chickenlandia, which is Dahlia's website, just like it sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and can we, do you have her website uh, sitting on the, web, on the website that we can share that? I will get that once we get her going. Yeah, All I right. was watching her on YouTube. It was a lot of great content. Yeah. She's... All right, Dahlia, how are we sounding now? You sound great. Oh, that's wonderful. So much better. Yeah, there's a little less of a delay. Oh, I, there, none at all. Uh, yeah, Call this, me IT man. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Call old me. unplug it and plug it back in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dahlia, okay, so we're going to get, get right into it. Uh, thank you for being here. Yes, thank Whereabouts you. are you uh, coming from right now? I'm in Washington. I'm in Northwest Washington. The Pacific Northwest. Yes. Thus, Chickenlandia. Yes, Pacific Northwest. Yeah. One of our favorite areas. We got some beautiful custom coops. Mm-hmm. We're headed back out there. I tell you, we uh, our first custom coop was Vashon Island. How or Vashon? I always say it wrong. How far are you from Vashon Island? And if, am I saying it wrong? I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not. <laughs> that's pro- that's a pretty small island, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Near I, know, Seattle, I don't know yeah. how far. Two hours. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So let's get right into it. Please tell me your background. How did you start? Everyone loves to hear this. Yeah. Uh, Wh- who introduced you to chickens? How did you come up with this idea? Because I did hear that you're from Dallas, suburban Dallas. So that's oh. similar to me. <laughs> yes. I am originally from Duncanville, Texas, which is a suburb of Dallas. I lived all my, you know, all my early years in the suburbs. I was very disconnected from, uh, you know, the land that we were on. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't grow up with chickens. Now my, my family from Guatemala, they had chickens. But, uh, you know, my parents moved here in the 60s and 
you know, they were just working and that was something that we didn't, we didn't do. We just ate food from the grocery store mm -hmm. and that's how it was. That's the same with me. Uh, and I know, yeah, a lot of people have that similar yeah. experience. Um, and then I was like, you know, I was like, I was going to be a famous writer, you know, for TV and movies. I was going to be a talk show host, anything but like a chicken educator that was not in the plan at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I did go to Hollywood and I was like a personal assistant. I did some writing when I was there. Did you meet anyone famous but in Hollywood? I did. I met a lot of famous people. Who's your favorite, most and famous you know person what? you met? The most famous person? Mo your favorite, most famous person. Uh, David Arquette is probably my favorite. Who's the one that was the meanest to you? Or I around you? Say. Okay, okay. I, I just want to get, because people want to really know, famous. whatever. Yeah, the nitty gritty. Look, here goes Matt, the, the, <laughs> the elephant in the room. I mean, everyone wants to know. I love when I get to talk to my buddy that works at the Capitol Police. You get yeah. to hear the real stuff about the politicians. It's fascinating. Fascinating. But anyways, oh. this is a chicken show. All right. So sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. That's okay. But yeah, you know, I mean, I did that whole thing. And then I started to get, you know, I'm like into my 30s. And I'm like, I think I'm going to settle down and like kind of have a regular life. And so we moved up here to Bellingham and we had our first child. And I just decided I needed something for myself. Um, hmm. And it just happened to be, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get some chickens, but I had no idea <laughs> how they would just, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what happened, but they just ignited this passion in me. And I, I just connected with them and I, they really, you know, at the time I was struggling with postpartum depression and they, I'm not saying their chickens are a cure for postpartum depression. That's I think I'm you saying. just did on record, and I'm going with that one. <laughs> We're gonna put that My on a box. Is really... <laughs> they are good for mental health. I know no, that. No, they are. Uh, it's yeah. everything you're saying. I can relate to as if they were my own words, and I know so many people watching can relate. I mean, it is. It, I found my yeah. passion late in life, or you know, like I, like you said, in my 30s, and. I, I totally understand. Yeah. yeah. And it's never I, too I really late. I was feeling like <laughs> I was feeling like I had let go of all these dreams because I had like these really lofty dreams as a mm -hmm. as a kid and really into young adulthood. I had these big dreams. And so I was kind of mourning that loss because you know, we get older, we have to adult. Mm -hmm. We go it, We know, do. We're, we're living in reality. Yes. <laughs> Some of us. <laughs> So, you know, I was, I was mourning that. And then I brought these chickens into my life and I just became so passionate about them. And everybody started, you know, sending me, and I'm sure this happens to you guys too, but if there's any like chicken meme mm -hmm. or funny chicken thing on social media, they started sending them to me. And I was like posting all these pictures of chickens and everything. And then at some point, uh, the local community college was like, hey, would you like to teach a class on chickens? And I was like, uh, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. It was just not even something that I was thinking about. But naturally, people were starting to ask me questions. And I really resisted it at first because I was like, look, you know, I'm, I, I didn't grow up with chickens and I didn't consider myself an expert at that point. 
But after a while, it was like, you know, I think this is like my destiny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I started to see how I could incorporate some of those dreams that I had as a child into the world of chicken keeping and into the world of education. And so that's, that's really my thing right now. I mean, there's, there's so many backyard chicken educators. I mean, they're like a dime a dozen right now. Um, and that, and I think that's great. I love that actually. But what I want to do is really inspire people and, and connect them with this practice that really, you know, humankind has been doing this for thousands Mm -hmm. of years. You know, we domestic domesticated the chicken a really long time ago and they have, they have a shared experience and we have this shared experience with each other. And so that's what I'm, that's my goal is to really bring people together through chickens. The power of chickens. So, yes. Yes. It's I, ab- yes. It's absolutely incredible. Um, so I just want our listeners, in case you're just joining us, uh, Dahlia from Chickenlandia is mm-hmm. live right now with us coming from the Pacific Northwest. And we're just going over a couple questions and picking her brain on some things but i tell you that that is why and and this brings back memories when uh kristen and and again i'm glad you're back selling chick coops when you sold chick coops originally you would always ask that to people what got you in the chickens and i'm always like god why didn't i think of that question because that is so important especially when you're in the business of chickens and once again um chickens come to the rescue unexpectedly and in this case all right. Postpartum depression, mm-hmm. which uh, you mentioned that right after you had your child. So uh, was mm-hmm. that related, I'm assuming? Because I know yes. there's oh, some kind of... Related to having a child? Yes. Of course. Okay. I, uh, well, postpartum and having a child. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted... So here's the important thing. Is one, I remember Nan okay. going through this and I'm like, oh my God, I've known this girl 20 years before. Uh, who, what, what just happened? Uh, but it's normal. And thank God that's you know, all that happens because that is crazy what you women go through to give birth. Anyways, but that, you know, I always love to share with people, you know, obviously chicken keeping and, you know, we're all about the coop. And if you have the right coop... You, Chickens are easy, but I find a lot of people are on the fence. And that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, you know, as a chicken educator, I'm going to assume, you know, we're talking a lot about chickens, this and that, but do you come across a lot of people that are on the fence? And if so, what do you find are some of the things that they finally go, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this, or that's going to convince my husband, or that's going to convince my partner uh, to go with chicken, having chickens. Yeah, well, I think what's what's kind of unfortunate, and I certainly had this experience, is when you're starting out and you go online and you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, Backyard Chickens 101, I'm going to type mm-hmm. that into the search. And all this stuff comes up and there's so many different philosophies yeah. and there's there's so many different schools of thought. And every philosophy and school of thought is very adamant that that is the only way that you can do it mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's you know it there's this idea and it's mainly in the in the western world because if you travel the world you're gonna find that people keep chickens and it's really not a big deal you know uh because people have been doing it forever so but there's this idea that it's it's a complicated thing that you you need to have special skills that you need to have special equipment now i'm not against bells and whistles and let me tell you a carolina coop is like that's on my vision board okay (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you extra 
a hundred percent extra. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so, but really we, this is in our DNA. We were made to do this. And I, I think that if that's what's holding you back, if you feel like, oh, you know, I just don't know enough or I'm scared or, you know, how am I going to do this? You got this. And that's, that's really like, that's my purpose is to say, is to reconnect people with that idea. And I think right now, a lot of people, and certainly people in the suburbs and in the cities, they're feeling really, really helpless right. and really hopeless. Disconnected. And yeah, disconnected. And um, I, they wonder, you know, what can I do this? You know, the world around me is getting really um, intense. And so, what can I do to change that? So I'm hearing peace and hope from chickens. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. Now, I also yeah, want I, I, I wrote down DNA because I think that was really, really cool that you said, and I hadn't thought about that. It really is in our DNA because people have been keeping chickens for so long. That is a really good point that I hadn't thought of. It, it absolutely is. Um, mm -hmm. And I also wanted to mention before I forget, this is my first time, and I believe yours, talking to Dahlia. Oh, yeah. And I know, obviously, Carolina Coops pays for this video, pays for Video Chicken Live, and this is a way to promote our product. But more important, what I've learned is I want people to realize you can have chickens. Right. Okay? And we're going to share with you what we have learned, and, and Dahlia's right. Everyone's got their own opinion, but it's not the only way. But as we continue this conversation, what I want people to realize is I can't wait to hear what things maybe we agree on. Mm -hmm. Because when I tell people, you know, go out and do your research. And anytime you do research, I like to look for the common denominators right. and what just makes sense. And mm -hmm. often, she's already mentioned things, don't overcomplicate it, keep it simple. I often tell people, think about what the chickens do before coops were invented. And once you educate yes, yourself yes. on that, you'll see why we do what we do in our coops. We're just going to make it really, really pretty because why not? Uh, but I want people to realize I, I love hearing the things that we have never talked about. And I want to get into the things that I haven't had a chance to talk to Dahlia about getting her opinion. You know, like, what do we do to keep it simple? What do we think about the deep litter system? She may or may not have ever done that. And she already gave us a, you know, a, a two thumbs up on our chicken coop. I am not paying her to do that. <laughs> I can't wait to hear and kind of dive in. What is it about the Carolina coop that you like and maybe things we can improve on? You know, just that open conversation. So again, for the record, we are not paying Dahlia a penny, right, Ingrid? I don't think we are. Did We are did not. <laughs> and again, it's welcome to not paying me. <laughs> Chicken mail. Yeah. No, uh, it's welcome to Chickenlandia if for people that are haven't familiarized themselves with Dahlia um, and her website and her um, videos, which are so informative. Do we have her website up? I do. There, you go. there we go. Yeah, and I, I love that flag and the logo. That's just fantastic. And I believe that she has a lot of bantams too. Is that true, Dahlia? Oh, she, she got muted. No, I didn't mute her. Hold on. It muted when I switched to that. Uh, I don't know why. Okay. All right. So I, I, well, I wanted to show her website. I want to yeah. show people. So definitely go to, what was the website? Welcome to Chickenlandia. Welcome to Chickenlandia.com. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Dahlia, you're back, right? We hear you? Yes. All yes. right, perfect. Yes. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah, so you have a lot of bantams, correct? Or I do. I have my favorite or itty bitty tiny chick. The smaller, the better, mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> So for our listeners, please define, explain what do we mean by bantam? A bantam is like a miniature chicken. And so there's like, 
there's two kinds of bantams. There are true bantams, which would be like a silky, um, let's see, what else? Uh, Sarama is a true bantam. And these are bantams without standard counterparts. And then you have bantams that are basically miniature versions of standard sized chickens or large fowl. And that would be like, you know, your bantam bard rock or your bantam Rhode Island red. And I fully encourage people to have both in their flock, like, a, you know, a bunch of standard <laughs> Rhode Island reds and then a bunch of tiny Rhode Island reds because that is adorable. All right. So right there. Okay. Right there. This is just uh, so and, freaky. And I'm telling it's you. Like, it's like I'm looking in the mirror. Yeah. Shock. I know. yeah I mean, imagine like, that. Like, uh, and, 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 yeah. We and, need to get together. And you both wear glasses. And those are gorgeous glasses, by the way. She's I got think. all kinds of glasses. They're oh, all I've amazing. i got a glasses thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, so right there. That is a great point. And that reminds me again. Listen to the common denominators. And that's something I hear you. Uh, I love phantoms. When, you, when I asked you in the very beginning, what is your favorite thing to do in the world of chickens? You said, I love setting people up. And I always said down the road, that's what I hope to exploit with your employment mm -hmm. here to help our customers get set up and you always said introduce bantams to the flock um dahlia tell me a little bit more about that why why introduce think about having bantams as part of your flock well i think it depends on what your goals are so you should know if you if you're if you've got your eye on some bantams but you're not sure you should know that bantams are bred mainly for their personalities for their beauty and for their broodiness. So if you were to get like production brood. <laughs> I'm just, just so true. It's so true. If you, <laughs> just in case. if you, are you crying? Oh no. <laughs> it's so emotional. You're having a moment. Yes, yes, yes. Having a moment. I just love my bantams. That's so true. Like that they're bred not for just eggs, but for personality. And yeah, that's not, why they're, they're so cool. Really bred. Yeah. You know, now, now there are some hatcheries that are kind of uh, cluing into the idea of a smaller chicken that lays more eggs. And mm -hmm. certainly that now that there's more people in the city that are wanting to keep chickens, I think that's a good direction to go in. Um, because you know you can keep twice as many bantams that's in the space the of one yeah, center. And I told Ingrid they, they don't, don't count. count. They don't count. <laughs> they don't count. If you could like only have ten, zero. you can have ten in a zero bantam. It's math. Sean it's says basic that we have. Math. He <laughs> says we have too many chickens. I'm like, okay, Midge and Ginger don't count. Yeah, um, they don't we count. have nine, not eleven. So that needs to be on on the list of Carolina Coops <laughs> t-shirts. Yeah, bantams yeah. don't count. They right. Don't. That's brilliant. In, in chicken math, they don't count. We're taking that one. <laughs> That's brilliant. I'll give you a free one. Um, so there you go. There is another common denominator is because they go broody. All right. Can we talk a little bit? Why do we want a bantam to go broody? Why do we want to take advantage of that? Do you okay, do that? So first of mm -hmm. all, broody, broody is or broodiness is the instinct to sit on and hatch out baby chicks. It's the mothering instinct. And, uh, bantams have this instinct more than production breeds do standards generally more than standards and certainly more than your production standards um, and especially if you buy them from a hatchery um, and so that would be a desirable thing if you want to have baby chicks you know it's certainly the more sustainable way to or one of the more sustainable ways to uh, expand your flock now you have to be aware that you will get roosters if you <laughs> yeah as they hatch straight run what happened oh, oh no 
Her internet just dropped. <sighs> She'll call back. Oh, there, there we, we are. We got her. Oh, boy. Oh, that was getting good, too. All right, so. Should I do uh, it for the interview here? Uh, so here's what's going on. I have my mouse to override, and then I got it. So this is where I drive Ingrid nuts. Um, Hands off. Okay. Oh, it, it has. It hasn't been. Um, it has not been forty-five <laughs> minutes already, has it? No, 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 no. Uh, forty-five minutes to an hour in the freezer. You did say fifteen. You did say fifteen. I'm sick. Okay, okay. go ahead. Thank you. Go All ahead right, with so, the with the instinct. So sorry about is... that. Uh, is everything good? Are you there? Yes. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. Perfect. So is instincts. The, is it? Is it okay? Yes, yeah. It's yeah. Perfect. We're just just a little blurry. And so we might have roosters. Okay. Uh, so yes, you just need to know that you will get roosters if you're hatching out eggs. Mm -hmm. Am am I am I? Is there a big delay? No, nope. no, you're good. You're doing good so far. Trust okay, me, good. you'll hear me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is good. <laughs> okay, so uh, and you know you have the option of if you have a a broody a, a chicken that's gone broody, you can go to the farm store and you can get baby chicks that have already been sexed. And, and sex means that they've been separated by uh, female and male. If it says straight run, that means they have not been separated by female and male. So you want to get the pullets. And the pullet is a, I'm just saying, I'm just doing mm -hmm. the whole 101 here. <laughs> a pullet is a female chicken that has not reached the point of lay. Okay, so that's what you want to get. And it, and you can take those and you can actually put them under under a broody, a broody hen. That's what I did. And she, it's a, it's a process. There's a process to do it. You can't just like throw them in there because she may reject them. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and you know that's why some people like to keep bantams. They that's how they expand their flocks and without the fighting. Flocks. So. Um, I've seen you do this many times, mm -hmm. and I tell you, if you're Every in the chickens, year. you haven't done it, it is a must. It is uh, so fun. It does bother me when I hear people say, um, we're going to spray her with water, we're going to isolate her. That for broodiness, yeah, for, to, to break to, the broody. To, to break the broodiness. No, no you don't need to I or never... want to do that. The other thing is, I was in shock. And Dahlia, I'm not sure if you've ever done this, but I'm sure you'll you'll get a kick out of it. And, I, and you probably have. Um I couldn't believe when you had a broody hen and you went and got those day old chicks. There were sex, so you don't end up with the roosters. Um, but this is after she sat on, you know, non-fertile eggs for, was it 21 days, if I remember correctly. And you also introduced a couple turkeys. Oh, yeah. Baby turkeys. And that worked. It's yeah. amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're excellent mothers. Yeah, for all And kinds. I think it's wonderful. I think it's wonderful, especially for children, to see that cycle of life. Mm -hmm. For all of us really. uh, and to see that dedication <laughs> mm -hmm. you know that a mother hen usually you know mm -hmm. some you got to watch them at first because sometimes they get confused and you know or maybe they're just not that great of a mother and that's okay everybody's got their place in life <laughs> and i tell you the, the other best part is that's fun and again we can relate as human beings is when they're when the mother's like okay you're you're, you're on your own now and they're still trying to follow mama mm -hmm. hen around. Yeah, when she's done with her maternity. Yeah, yeah and then yeah. they're trying to kick them out. Yeah. Um, Dahlia, I would love to get, there's questions coming in um, from our viewers. I can't okay. think of enough for that. For you, are you ready to answer some questions? 
Yeah. I mean, at some point I would like to talk about my TEDx talk because we didn't talk about that and I'm yeah. super proud of it. We yeah. will definitely get to that. Um, I didn't know that. It's probably in the notes. I'm sure. Okay. Ingrid did not laser eye me for a second. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll definitely get to that. We There's really no time limit. We try to uh, end at 1, and then we always spill over to 1.30. But we'll definitely get to that. But I do. I know our listeners, our viewers, love to um, have us talk to their questions, this and that. So if we could do just a couple. Uh, Ingrid, okay. would you like to take yeah. the honors? Kristen, someone? Or here we go. I'm looking. Um, now, one, one thing that struck me, I have to say, too, that when I saw her videos, she has taken the one of each approach like I like. <laughs> what, what do you mean by one of each? I think she knows what I mean. I don't. <laughs> one one of each kind of chicken. <laughs> yes, yes. There's too many wonderful kinds out there. Why? So why not just have one okay, of each? Okay, well, yeah. so that was a question of mine. I know a lot of people, they always yeah. ask me, and I can't believe on Pinterest. We don't plug Pinterest enough, not that we really need it, but we have a huge following on Pinterest. One of the things that Ingrid made that I find people save a lot is Matt's top 25 breeds. And I tell you, the other thing about beginners is they're always asking yeah. what's the best breeds and they go online and they read mm -hmm. this, you know, they, they kind of. Yeah, that bothers me. It does. So I would love, before we get to the comments, we ask Dahlia about her opinion because I guarantee yeah. she's going to say the same thing. No, let's that, see. Let's see. Well, well, hold on. But I got a question oh. that I have to ask. What is your favorite breed? Oh, gosh. <laughs> see, that's so hard. And what's your number one? If you could only have one breed of chicken for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Oh, boy. I would pick something that had a naked neck, was tiny and frizzled. <laughs> a naked neck frizzle bantam. Okay. Um, Frankenstein. Of wow, not at all what I was expecting her to say. Mm. Um, is, that, is there such a thing as a naked neck frizzle bantam? Oh, there, um, yes. Yes. Someone's not, on that. It, there is. Well, I mean, I'm sure there is. I mean, there's something called Somewhere a there is. yeah, like a showgirl breed. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I yeah, think is what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. yep. So yeah, but why why stop at one? I mean, uh, well, anyways, I just always love to ask that question. Yeah, but, that's um, so interesting. But it needs to be like ceramicized. <laughs> I am not a fan of the naked neck. My God, they just don't look right. But anyways, uh, Ingrid, go ahead. I see right, those well, questions. Fra Francine, one of our super fans, asked how you came up with Chickenlandia. Oh gosh, well that is a that is a long story, but I'm going to give you the short version. So when I was a kid, my dad, you know, my parents are Guatemalan uh, immigrants. My dad's passed away, but my mom's still with us. And my dad used to listen to shortwave radio and he would listen to a program uh, where they would play traditional marimba music. And the announcer would start out in the morning and he would go, Chapinlandia. <laughs> I mean, that was like every, every weekend morning of my life, Chapinlandia. And so it's kind of like a, a nod to where I came from and a nod to where I am now and what it took to what it took to get me here. And I always say everyone's welcome in Chickenlandia. So that's why it's called Welcome to Chickenlandia. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. I love that. The chicken world is very diverse. It is. Real it quick. Is, and I love that. Mm -hmm. Real quick. I want to make sure we're not missing something. What is V-O-Y dot F-Y-I? What does that mean? Any idea? Is everything sounding okay? People would tell us if we're not, but I don't know what that V-O-Y F-Y-I Hmm. Or maybe that's a hidden message. I'm not sure what that means. I don't know. So Roger, 
There's no question mark, but I think this is a question. Yeah. How does she think about when one chicken passes? Passes what? An egg? I think passes, passes away? On. I think passes away. Which happens. Okay, so how how do you feel when you have one of your chickens that pass away? She lost, you lost Kiki, and I think right? a lot of... I'm sorry? You lost Kiki, that little Sarama that you mm -hmm. had. Okay, are we going to talk about that? I'm sorry. <laughs> See, okay. I follow her. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it's interesting. I always... When the things that I observe in the flock and the things that I, that I experience with my chickens... It's like it's always like a mirror to how I relate with humanity and relate with my family around me. So one thing that I've noticed is that when a chicken dies, I always feel guilty and it doesn't matter how they died. Mm -hmm. It could have like nothing to do with anything that I've done, but I always feel guilty. Mm. And that made me think like, because I think that's, that is a predominant feeling. Sometimes when people die in our lives, we have like this range of feelings and I try to concentrate on, you know what, like this chicken had a, a better life than most chickens in the world. Yeah. And so I try to focus on that and focus on the 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 positive aspects on it that really we were lucky to have that experience and then of course i'll take that into my into my human world and remember that as mm -hmm. well but when chick uh, kiki was i actually have a tattoo of kiki on my arm oh uh oh uh oh uh oh got slight, slight pause there w you know we were almost gonna get chicken tattoos i think we still need to i have one yes, i already you started <laughs> uh, sorry, we lost you there for a second. Right just for at a second. For yeah. a chicken tattoo. Um, and I was just reminding people, yeah, I don't know if Evan's watching right now. We almost won Drunken Night. We're all going to get chicken tattoos. I'm glad. Oh, there. Oh. Oh, nice? oh, that's beautiful. That is a nice tattoo. Mm -hmm. It was such a pretty chicken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so cute. That is hardcore. Yeah, yeah it is something like, that we all deal with. Where's your chicken with? tattoo? That I is, don't have is, one yet. Um, but uh, it is something that we all deal with. And... You know, sometimes we, we, we do feel ashamed or we think, oh, there might be a disease and we're not going to talk about it or yeah. whatever. You know, it's just it, it can be shameful, especially if you don't know how they died. And usually we don't. I mean, it's, it just it does yeah. just happen. So it is and it is normal. Right. It is um, normal, yeah. And it's normal to grieve as well. So of course. Yes. Um, I want to get to what Dahlia wanted to talk about because we yes. will. It'll Let's go by that. so fast. And I promise we're going to get to your questions and comments. There's a couple of them that we all can maybe sit in on and answer. Mm -hmm. Again, we'd love to hear Dahlia's uh, opinion, but we do need to, don't forget, talk about what she loves about Carolina Coops. I want people that are listening, especially mm -hmm. if they're on the fence. Um, you know, what would Dahlia say? What is the most important thing to consider? Uh, everyone knows I say a coop all the time, but I would love to hear what she has to say. Uh, and going back to uh, this, and I saw that in the notes too. I think there's a theme here um, is keeping it simple and how to keep it simple where so many people, I think when they give advice to, to make themselves sound smart, they try to overcomplicate it and it drives me nuts. And we deal with it all the time where they'll read that one thing and it's stuck in their head. And it's like, oh God, no. And But you can't change it, it's so difficult. So I'm curious if she goes uh, through that. But yeah, so it, it's called what now, text talk? TED, TED Talks. TED Talks. It's a TEDx talk, correct? I have no idea what that is. So Dahlia, tell us about this TED, what, what's it called again? TED Talk. TED Talk. So T-E-D, so, right? 
Okay, go ahead. Yeah, T T E D little X. So it's a TEDx talk. There's like the TED talks, which are the big ones. Mm-hmm. And then there's the TEDx talks, which are, you know, done locally at universities and other, but usually it's at a university. So I did one in 2017 at the university, at the um, Western Washington University. And it was basically just about how, you know, a chicken, it was called I Dream of Chickens, and you can pull it up on YouTube. But it's about how uh, chickens are humankind's most amazing common denominator. And if we learn about them and think about their history and think about how they have been part of almost every single culture on the planet and focus on that, then we can find common ground as human beings. So I'm just really proud of it. So that's why I wanted to to mention it. Um, absolutely it Ingrid, really we, is kind of how my theme started absolutely Inger, can you bring that up on the website just so we can when when it's ready we can share the screen because okay. i want to show everyone i'm a visual person i know you smart people love to read this and that um but oh, oh, oh we got it i love that picture oh, by the way oh my goodness i want to ask her the about picture this of i mean you... is this photoshopped is that for real she's got to explain of you sitting with all your chickens and there i see a naked neck yeah. up this is one of the most amazing you know the picture we're talking about oh yeah i mean yes this is incredible so i got i want to ask you about that because i saw that picture um, all the way down to the boots i mean you did, the clothes yeah yeah just... you didn't miss one detail yeah. love it <laughs> Um, so Ingrid, just let me know when you're ready for that. But what, what, what do you want me to share now? Well, she, I want to see the, the TED, TED talks, talks. Okay. TED, TEDx well, talks. Well, and the picture too. Well, well, we'll get to that, of course. And uh, you can get to my TED talk. You can get to the TEDx talk from, uh, welcome to chickenlandia.com and you can yeah. watch it there. Yeah. We can just share that All right, right so there. Let, let me do this real quick. Ingrid. And that's just Thank her you. website right there has right. both the picture and the TED talk right on All TEDx. All right. I'm going to go ahead and share the screen and I... I don't know why her mic got muted, but I think I might know why, so I might unmute it. Okay. So give me one second because I want to show everyone. Again, we're going to go back to your website and muted and sound levels. I don't understand why it's muting her. Well, just scroll real quick. Let's well, just take a look and get I, back to her. I might. Chop, chop. Thank Come you. Thank <laughs> chop, you. chop. Um, she's hmm. waiting. Look. I know she's waiting, but let me tell you what. She's okay with that because we're showing her website. Well, we don't know if she's okay with that because she's muted. I am sure she's okay. <laughs> so here we are. We're going back to Welcome to Chickenlandia. I'm not sure why her mic is muted, so I apologize about that, Dahlia. I promise we will come back. So again, Welcome to Chickenlandia.com. And he, one, here's this picture that is just amazing. So wow. And it, if you're listening I later, a picture on, made with all my chickens. I, I, well, you do, but just oh, I yeah, mean, this right. is obviously a professional photo. And this is one of the disadvantages. I tell you, our podcast numbers are doing really, really well, but they don't get to see anything. So if you are listening to our podcast, definitely make sure you subscribe and come so you know you get a notification for video chicken so you can see all what we see live. So we got to ask her about this picture. But I know for our viewers and our listeners right now, you see that. What an amazing picture. Uh, I would almost guarantee you a photographer could make a living out of just going around <laughs> the country for people that want to have a photo like this and have that expertise of even if you have to bring in chickens. I, I don't know. I just thought that was incredible. Of course, I can't help but think about the business. So right here is a, um, a video on her YouTube channel. I dream of chickens. The Ted X W. So that was the Western Washington University. Mm -hmm. So please definitely go check that out. And um, yeah, I have not seen this. I can't wait to watch yeah, it. Yeah, we should watch that later. Yeah, so she also she also offers um, um, online courses. 
So um, Backyard Chickens 101 mm-hmm. online courses. That's awesome. So you can also get that. It's very reasonably priced, and her information's amazing. Online courses. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. I have. I for right now. I do. I only have one for right now. Definitely, we. I'd like to do more. Um, but it's called Backyard Chickens One Hundred and One: A Chicken Course for Everyone. And oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Meant to take the you know the confusion out of it to make it easy to make it stress free. I do lean in a natural direction. That's definitely where I where I land, um, and in a more sustainable, uh, direction. That's where I, that's where I, I feel mm-hmm. the most comfortable. All right. So right there, tell me more about in your words, what do you mean by take a more natural approach? Well, um, I think it's important to honor the, you know, the natural way in which a chicken is supposed to live. And also the natural way in which human beings are supposed to live and coexist with chickens. And what's unfortunate, I think, is that we've taken this practice that for, you know, literally millennia has been a a sustainable practice that people on any, you know, uh, rich people, poor people, middle class people, everybody could do it because it was a very uh, sustainable and simple practice. And we've turned it into something that really uses resources. And while I, I certainly feed my chickens chicken feed, and I certainly love, like I said earlier, I love the bells and whistles. I think it's important to keep chicken keeping inclusive. And so because of that, I want to make sure and people, that people know that you don't need a lot mm-hmm. to keep chicken. So that's, uh, you know, that, and I think that ties really well in with just natural chicken keeping. And that, that just means that, you know, I don't preemptively medicate my chickens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not against uh, synthetic medications when they are necessary, but it's not the first thing that I reach for. Because everything that we put in or on our chickens, we are also putting into the environment. Right. And so I think it's really important to remember that that it affects not just our local, our little local ecosystem, which is a living and breathing being that, you know, needs all its components, but, you know, it's, a, it's affect our, it affects our neighbors, it affects our communities, and ultimately it affects the world. And so I, br- I will bring that back around and say, when you're, keep, you're doing something so simple as keeping chickens and you're doing it in a natural and, and a sustainable way, you are helping to change the world, even though it seems really like a really small thing. What you're doing is is good for the world. So please, let's dive into that a little bit more in some more detail. Yeah. All right, um, what is natural? Like, you know, tell me, tell me about your coop. You know, maybe or what is it that when you're giving advice to people, when you say keep it natural, keep it simple, um, and then if I may add to this question, because this just reminded me of something. I see this a lot, and I'm curious, Dahlia, if you see this. I love when we, I, mean, I feel a lot of customers, especially our custom coop customers, they love us because we really pay attention to all the details. I do try to simplify it, but I love that they want to be critical. But I have had customers try way too hard, try to do everything perfect, and they bomb. 
They bomb. Yeah. It breaks my heart to tell them. And then there's people like me and Kristen, and we see other people that hardly do anything. <laughs> you know, I'm one of the laziest chicken owners, and our chickens thrive. So I'm curious if you see that, but I would love to talk more about because I know when people that are listening is like, okay, what does she mean natural? What is natural? Especially the people that are brand new. What does that mean to raise chickens naturally? Well, I like to think about how, you know, how, how did my great grandmother raise chickens? Mm hmm. That's a good point. Uh, you know, she, they, they, they lived in the trees and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you need to mm -hmm. do this, but it's good to always, always have this as your, as your foundation. So you want to look at things through the lens of how it's been done for millennia and not through the lens of factory farms. Okay. Right. Well, let's stop right. right there. Let's stop right there because that look at, am I lying? Mm-hmm. No, no, I, yeah. Dahlia and I have never talked, but this is why I want people to realize. Yeah, we're all on the same page, really. And it, 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 yeah. it just makes sense. And that's how to, when you're going to learn some more or practice, think about that. Go back to what did chickens do before coops were invented? It's yeah. really just that simple. And I say that all the time. They're in the trees. Mm -hmm. They have a canopy over their head. They go up there to feel mm -hmm. safe, you know, and then think about all that defecation and whatnot going into the soil, everything that's below. We get asked all the time, man, what do I put in my run? I that's should the put... most asked question we get. What's that? What, what, do you what, put... what do you put in your run? So, <laughs> and I always tell people, think about the forest floor. You know, I can't stand when they go, well, I'm going to put concrete, which I've had seen. Wire. Wire. Sand. Sand. I love when Nan goes, chickens don't, they didn't live on a beach. Uh, gravel. Mm -hmm. So again, I know people read this. They read this and I want to emphasize, and Dahlia, I want you to, you know, put your spin on it or your words when it comes to, you know, when people are doing this research, why it's just so important and focus on what did they do naturally. And you're saying the same thing we're saying. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting you bring up sand because, uh, you know, people have really strong, really strong feelings about, <laughs> about what kind of substrate to use. And what I will say is that it, it, there's no right answer. Like it really depends on where you are, what your climate is. You know, there are chickens that live in tropical environments and they are on the sand, but they're in that kind of environment. There are not chickens in Vermont that are living on the beach. Mm -hmm. So th these are things that, you know, it's, it's, it's nuanced and that's okay. It doesn't have to be everything is, you know, you're anti this or you're pro this, which is like, that's kind of what's happened to our society where we're just, we're, we're really, um, you know, you're, you're in the tribe or you're not, mm -hmm. but Chickens are one tribe. Humanity is one tribe. Chickens are in a flock. We can't, the chickens can't survive without the flock. We need each other. We need our different ideas. And so, you know, I mean, I think whatever you decide to do and whatever works for you is great. I certainly have my ideas. I'm not a huge fan of sand. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. It rains. The sand mm -hmm. turns into, you know, like, I don't want a beach in my, in my coop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I, 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 have I find a lot of people, so they think sand because they want to go in and clean out their run like kitty litter. And I'm yeah. thinking, no, you're one, you're working too hard. And if you, my opinion, if you ever have to clean out your run, you got too many chickens and, or we say it all the time. And I know people can't stand when I say this, the ones that are like, I got predators. Um, we all have predators, but I tell you mm -hmm. chickens that free range are so much happier. 
in so many ways and the benefits from free ranging. And to me, when I think natural, there, there's more, there's nothing more natural than letting them free range. And it's going to be, yeah. again, I, I, I agree. Like it, you know, there's, there's this balance between, um, quantity of years of life and quality of life. And, and we as human beings are really facing this right now. This is stuff that we're really kind of grappling with. And I think that it depends on the kind of person you are. I am somebody that really hates to lose a chicken and that's okay. That's okay. So if you really just can't stand the idea of losing a chicken, then you might be somebody that wants to keep them in a, in a covered run. And if you do that, I would say, you know, 10 square feet per standard size chicken is a good, you, that's, that's a good place to start. And certainly more than the more, the better. A lot of people can't afford to do that because it's expensive. Mm -hmm. it you know, it's expensive to cover a whole, a whole mm -hmm. run. We know that um, very well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's okay. And you, or you might be the kind of person that's like, you know what, I know I'm going to lose some chickens and I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that balance. And that's okay too. So this is just, you know, I say that what I tell people is uh, when all else fails, turn, turn to, to your own mm -hmm. uh, gut, what feels right to you. And that's probably the right answer. And right. I think that there's a lot of value in that. Uh, there's a lot of people that only focus on, on science and everything has to be prove, proven. But I say, and I do, I do, of course, I'm not denying science, um, but I think that it's also very important not to let go of those instincts we have as human beings about what feels natural and right to us. All right. I've Sub talked to people about it being more of a, along the same lines, a risk assessment. Are you, yes. it is risky to let your chickens out, but you know, if you have six, that risk assessment is going to be, okay, well, yeah, like you said, I'm going to keep them protected because I only have six. If you have 20, you know, you might be okay with losing one, one a year or whatever it is to to a hawk or a daytime predator. And I tell you, so that is one it of the, is, and, the, and, and that risk assessment is not only how many are, can you afford to lose, but how many can you afford to emotionally right. lose? So that's yeah. exactly, yeah. So, exactly right. I mean, that is a great way of putting it. And, and that was one of the hardest conversations we have with customers all the time. I'll never forget, I almost had, I had one that she almost hung up on me. When I tried to explain to her, you have to ask yourself, are you okay with losing some? And she, I was like, oh my goodness. So she was like, right. you know, absolutely not. And I'm like, okay, I get that. We're going to help you with that, that we will listen to you and, and figure out what we feel is going to work best for you. And I tell you, I think when Dahlia mentioned that every situation is going to be different based on where you live is right. so true as well. And, you know, we don't only talk about that with chickens. We also even talk about the type of chicken coop you should have, you know, where, you know, and that, that's the beauty of us, especially when you get into the world of custom. We do try to build a and offer a one size fits all that's extremely affordable, and but gives you that option to free range. Or I do agree also with that ten square feet per hen minimum. You know, I refer to it as what we call the industry standard, where a lot of people can agree on that. But more the better, absolutely. Uh, so we got some more questions and comments coming in. Is it alright if we go to that? Yeah. Dahlia, you yes, good? Please. All right. I'm good. So, so, okay, go right ahead. No, I was going to say, um, somebody asked with the recent flooding in Bellingham, how did you keep your chickens dry? 
I know you, you know, have ducks too. I though. am so fortunate. My my um my old I just moved from the suburbs, so my old uh chicken yard would flood uh frequently during the rainy season. Um and now we we're just in a different area and it was really a test. I was like, okay, that I know mm -hmm. the chicken yard was going to flood and it didn't. Now I'm on very sandy soil and so it drains really well and I'm also uh, my chickens are on a slight slope, a really slight slope. So I try to tell people that w when you're deciding where to put your coop, you need to think about the fact that chickens create erosion over time, especially if they're going to be in the same area mm -hmm. for year after year, they create that erosion. So you, you need to calculate that in and decide how you want to mitigate that, that issue. Um, and if you're having a problem, you know, one thing that really helped me, and this is a temporary fix, but if there is standing water or mud in your run, that's really not a good situation. So I will use um, pine pellets. Uh, if you can find like they're horse pellets, basically, mm -hmm. but they're 100% pine, you want to make them 100% pine. And you can put that and it will just use it sparingly because when I first use it, I put a whole bunch in it expand. <laughs> <laughs> like popcorn <laughs> and I do have some videos about like you know muddy chicken run hacks mm -hmm. so that's what I used to do um but where I'm at right now we did not experience any flooding unfortunately my t uh one of our team members the chickenlandia presidential advisor she her sister um they just lost their their house they just lost oh. they bought a new home in Sumas which is like north east of here and completely flooded everything oh, no. destroyed so yeah it's not it's not a great situation up here with the flooding but we we were very fortunate thank you for that and thank you for asking yeah yeah and there's some more questions too i would love to get to that mike mike wanted to know where she got the nest boxes on your that picture that you had from your old coop you have those like nesting boxes the uh, professional those, picture oh, i don't have those anymore but those i just i think i just i got them at a local um farm store mm -hmm. they're like plastic nesting boxes right. which mm -hmm. i actually like because you can just take them off the thing and spray them down but um yeah and uh, you know i think they're for sale on amazon too um so here's a question from linda in a brand new coop do you put or lock your new pullets in the hen house for a couple of days or do you recommend introducing them to the entire run and coop immediately so she said we're getting american coop and we're ordering our baby chicks so thank you for buying an american coop yeah, so hold on real quick, real quick. May we pause for a second? All right. And hopefully I'm sounding okay. I, I feel like I'm doing all right. My, I could tell I'm starting to get a little weird. Um, all right, so we here. let's paint the picture. All right, we, we're, she's getting baby chicks. All right, she's ordering an American coop. Mm -hmm. So you have a hen house and run combo, which I, again, I absolutely love that. Even if you're free ranging, it's so good to have the run. But we get this all the time and we all have our difference of opinion. So I'm not going to say anything, but I just want to make sure people understand. All right, so you got your baby chicks coming and I, well, okay. So you got, let's, let's, let's start with at the very beginning. Are your baby chicks coming? And let's say you already have your chicken coop. 
All right. What do we do? Dahlia, what would you do? What would be your advice for people or what would you do personally? So they've been acclimated to the outside temperatures. You want to make sure that they're acclimated. And when you're putting chickens outside during this time of year, it might be a bit more of a process than when you're doing it in the in the late spring or summer, depending on where you live. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely that. Um, if your coop, is, I'm not familiar with the, the size of this coop, but I assume it's probably a great, you know, a good, a nice sized coop. Um, you can put the baby chicks in, in the coop, in the coop proper and start them out there um, for a few days if you'd like. But you can also, since, since, an, since it is an enclosed run and it's really predator proof, the baby chicks are going to be safe. If you want, you can give them out, you know, access to their run. You just, you just need to know that you're probably going to have to go out there and put them physically in the coop <laughs> at yep, night because they, sparse. it's going to take them a little while to figure out that they need to go up. And that depends on their age and whether they were roosting by the time that you put them out there. All right. So I may have been put a little LED light in the coop and the chicks will naturally kind of go up towards the light, but you don't want to leave that on all night. Right. Yeah. So I might've been a little unfair. All right. If you, we're going to step back a bit. Okay. Um, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of eye shifting here because there, there, this is a kind of, <laughs> this is a topic Chris and I don't meet eye to eye on, oh, but I will, I will I, always we, say we generally do, we generally do, but this always comes down to what's going to be best for the customer. Here's the pros and cons. Um, so let's say, okay, you I got, think we all do really all right, generally. Gonna, well, hold on. All right. We're going to step back again. All right. So we got the American coop. We're going to pretend it's spring. All right. All right, and you got day olds. You got day olds, and you where, have. Where do you raise your day olds? Where you raise if your you don't have a broody? Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you have a brooder set up. Let's say inside your home, the perfect, the best brooder in the world, and you have a, a chicken coop. In this case, an American coop, but has a hen house and a run. It's springtime. You have that choice. It's presented before you. Where do you take your baby chicks? Oh, inside to the brooder. <laughs> Come on. Okay, go. go. Fair <laughs> enough. Carry on. You want to be, you know, you want to just be there and hold them. But you oh, also my need goodness. To, Did you guys set this up? You would think. I, I yeah. yeah. You also need to, you need to be aware that baby chicks generate a lot of yes. dust. Yes. If you're keeping them in your house. You need to know that if you've got asthma, if you've got allergies, you if know, you have you standards. <laughs> And about, you know, about, you know, after, after not very long at all, they start to standard breeds, they become little velociraptors and they have wings and they will try and fly out of your right. brood or, so, um, if so it, and that's something that I would, I would just take into account, like what's the temperature outside, mm -hmm. what's your setup outside, do you have a way to keep them warm outside if they need it, you know, how old are they, all that, all that stuff. I mean, they're just so cute when they're day olds. Like you've got to have those in the house to look at. Okay. I mean, like, how can you put those outside? All right. So let, let me explain. Like, we, so I we might be throwing some people off here. All right. So that yeah. that's I didn't see that comment. Yeah, right. yeah. So, it was like a hundred percent agreement right there. Uh, okay, You're okay. such so, an outlier. And, and we're gonna get back to Linda because she's asking more for a specific. But I wanted to really kind of paint the picture and start right. this discussion no, because. I, and and if I can say that I would really I I they are so messy and I don't know how many times I've said I'm never. Gonna gonna raise chicks in the house again mm -hmm. so <laughs> so i i 
me next spring i would do inside two weeks and then trans start to transition them maybe to the garage or for outdoor area maybe so, three weeks i don't know when they start getting when i start noticing the dust and the dander maybe see, it depends on how uh, many okay. then so, i'd start transitioning mm -hmm, them out mm -hmm. but i've got to have them in the su inside to watch when they're tiny because they're so cute right all right so, and, and you tame them you know you have that interaction if they're outside you're not why gonna can't have but that. How, how do you know they can go outside and... i know but <laughs> but so, you should i will say this i will say this baby chicks they you know traditionally through th their natural lives they're supposed to be outside they're supposed to have some time outside and you do want to make sure that you're giving them gradual exposure to their outside environment because mm -hmm. that's how they're going to build resilience so mm. uh i would even if you're raising them inside until they're mm -hmm. here, we, here i'm back <laughs> even if you're raising them inside until they're eight weeks old you do want to put them outside to get that exposure in a safe area where you can watch them and and you be their mother hen. If they are distressed, mm -hmm. then you bring them back into a warm place. Yeah, I love using like just the wire, the top to like a guinea pig cage or something. You know those? That's exactly what I use. Yeah, yeah, I just put that out on the lawn on a nice day and they have, give them some shade. I'm really feeling like really connected with you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, uh, yes, which, I, I, which I think I'm going out west. Yes, uh, yeah. which actually yeah. we're going to be soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, going out right. west. So, uh, I'm not waiting for you. May I now, please? <laughs> may I now? All right. Mm -hmm. So here is what I think I, I want people to understand. Again, the important thing is figure out what works for you. There's pros and cons to everything. Mm -hmm. I am a fan of if your coop is ready and it's not wintertime, because I would definitely not advise this in winter, especially in the north, but it's springtime and it's starting to warm up. I love when you can use your hen house as the brooder. Because it, it can be quickly modified to it. You do want to make sure they have everything they need to be a brooder. And then you can raise them in that and then slowly let them figure out on their own when they want to go down into their run. And then there's not that acclimation process from your bathtub, your garage, your basement, whatever, to the chicken coop. You know, I, I feel like you're going to have less problems of them learning to go back up to the hen house because they know that's home versus i get what you're saying and here's where people got to think about this and i will agree you want to spend time with your baby chicks if you mm -hmm. don't and you think you're going to go out there and they're going to cuddle with you maybe not they're going to be chickens but i have seen if you if they really get used to you that is a huge part of the enjoyment of having chickens oh yeah and your argument is well if they're out in the coop you're not going to go out and see them that much but if they're in your house yes i i agree with that but you can go out to your chicken coop and open up that hen house and, and be with them. But you don't have that transition period mm -hmm. that you will when you raise them. So that's what I'm getting at there. And you just got to really figure out. Have, what I, I think if you have a safe way to offer supplemental heat, if it's needed, uh, that it's absolutely, that would be quite healthy for them actually to, to, you know, be outside. And then you go outside and spend more time outside. Not bad, bad advice. No, it no, isn't. both of those are perfectly fine. It's a, like a hybrid of the same. So yeah, but yeah, it, and but the, where I where I want to be really, you know, what I just really want to stress is that there you need to make sure that you are supplementing safe, uh, heat in a safe right. way. So if you have a, a nice safe setup like a Carolina coop then that's a that's a different story you know
So I appreciate that. And I know people are going to say, well, what's what she means safe supplement? Because people were very used to those readily available, inexpensive, 250 watt infrared heat lamps. Yep. That's what we all started with until the new product came out. Right. And you know what? We we need to get sponsored by Brinsigs. We do mention them. We absolutely love them. I hate the ones that are the knockoffs from China. I'm not going to bad talk that company, even though... I disagree with what that person's doing because he'll say he'll buy everything that's a good product, whether it's from Europe or America, send it to China, they copy it, and here we go. And it's all over everywhere. Uh, we love the Brincy product where it mimics that mama hen. It's a safe heat plate mm-hmm. that they can go under. The radiant and, heat, yeah. Exactly. So, uh, Dolly, I'm not sure if this is what you mean, but I'm going to assume mm-hmm. that, yes, if you have your baby chicks out inside that hen house, that you're going to want to make sure when we say safe heat source is, again, go back to what did chickens do before coops were invented. You know, what... They went underneath Mama Hen. Mm-hmm. And we even had, I think we have a video of it, our customer in um, Michigan, yeah. she put feather dusters underneath it. So you really mimic the, the feeling oh, of the feathers. So and they're still warm, and it's a very safe way. Uh, I'm not sure if that's what you're referring to or if there's any other safe ways of introducing heat inside your hen house just for the baby chicks. And let me also, and then I'll shut up. We're not talking about providing heat for the adult chickens. We're only talking about for the baby chicks because they don't have that ability yet to thermally regulate, if you will. Yeah. Well, I, I, I really, I truly hate knocking heat lamps because, you know, my whole thing is making chicken keeping accessible and heat lamps are cheap. Oh yeah, they certainly are. And they are very accessible. (laughs) Right. Okay. But they are also made cheaply and literally they can ignite just from having dust on them. They can ignite. And if you can imagine, you know, a very hot heat lamp and heat lamps get very hot that it, if it falls into shavings or whatever substrate that you're using, or if a chicken flies into it or whatever, then that can create a really dangerous situation for not just your chickens, but your family too. So I just want to make people aware, um, you know, if you absolutely feel like you have to go in that direction, you need to be, you need to just pull so much mindfulness into how you're securing that thing because, and, and keeping it clean because it can be a really dangerous situation. And I've had, you know, I've known people that have had coop fires and lost a whole bunch of chickens or they've lost mm-hmm. um you know i mean they've lost their their coop and they've lost animals and it's so devastating i would never judge anybody for you know for learning that really hard lesson but i just want to let people know that if you can afford to get the the you know one of the uh, the radiant heat brooders that's the safest route to go um, and remember there are people every year that are getting out of the backyard chicken uh, hobby and so a lot of times you can find these things mm-hmm. in like on like free cycle classified or, or whatever other online classified so that's something that i want people to remember or borrow one because not everyone breeds yes. chicks at the same time i loan mine out all the time i've got three different sizes uh, real quick so. before I forget. I oh, keep... uh, wait, one more point. Like we were talking about the heat lamps. People don't know that you don't have to start out at a 250 watt red lamp. I've never had to use anything more than 100 watts. And I frequently use 60 watts or 75 You're watts. You're such a southerner. Uh, that, that in, is in North true. Carolina, yeah. yeah. Here, People right. assume, oh, I've got to get 250 and then you've got dead chicks because you've got 250 watts over like a, a plastic tote. 
Right, right. And, and that's the, just too hot. Right, and the baby chicks, and I, even with the reptiles, I mean, just about any animal you ever raise, they will tell you if what you're doing is right mm -hmm. or wrong. And with yeah. baby chicks, it's real easy with the lamp. I mean, it's, and it, I hate to say it's common sense, but, you know, everyone does have to learn this, that they'll tell you if they're avoiding it, it's too hot, and if they're huddled up, mm -hmm. it's too cold. Yeah. You want to find it where it's just right. But I do love the Brincy, um, that heat plate. And um, so I'm so sorry, before I forget, Nan has mentioned a while ago that her mic is off. Is number four unmuted or number three? Are we unmuted on all of them? Because she hasn't had a chance to chime in. Uh, okay, her mic is off. It's just not the same too without, but she is on a delay. I couldn't get her instant speakers to work for whatever reason. Um, so it's already 120. Oh my goodness. Uh, wow. If you can believe it or not. We have to have Dahlia on again. We definitely have to have Dahlia on again. I see there's- We'll go on site. <laughs> so you read my mind. Oh. Absolutely. <laughs> We need to do a video together, and I we'll, we'll talk again. And I tell you, I, I just I love everything you said, and I'm not just saying that because you're here. People know I, I have no filter. I just love that you have that same approach, that same thought process of just keeping it natural. And I tell you, it's just a great representation of what we believe in. And I think that's just so important because so many people. They get that bad information. And the other thing is I want people to not be scared of getting into the backyard mm -hmm. chickens, especially, you know, they drive me nuts and I get it. And this is why we're trying to do what we're doing is you got all these Chinese coffin coops coming in. All right. And then they lie to people They're like, oh, yeah, eight chickens in this little coop the size of yeah. this, you know, notepad here. And it's a lie. But they get it because they don't yeah. know any better and they have all kinds of problems and predation and whatnot. And they end up probably getting out of it. And what we're trying to do, and I even see a comment here, which it, it, it's, I, I don't like seeing it, but it's real, is, you know, I can't afford an American coop. What do you recommend? Mm -hmm. uh, and then the American coop, in my opinion, if you really try to outsource materials and your time and da 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 da, you will save money. We have people tell us all the time that went out and built their own, they would have saved money and time, which is also money, uh, if they would have bought one of ours. And that's what we're trying to do. And it's just, it reminds me. Okay, of Ingrid coming to the uh, the light side, not the dark side. She's getting an apple. She's like, they're so expensive. No, it's maybe windows are so cheap. Here's the point. When you look at an AmeriCoop or Cali Coop, <laughs> I, I'm getting there. Bear with me. They may come across, oh, God, those are expensive. It's if you're comparing to the cheap coops. But there's no such thing as a cheap coop. It's not a coop. So you got, I guess it's just perspective and how you're looking at it whether or not you think it's expensive or not, but we are trying to do everything we can to make it affordable. And I just, I just love that Dahlia has that very simple approach and, and when you're doing your research about getting into having backyard chickens. Plus, we help people build their own. All, well, that's what this show is for, to be honest with you. And I want to help people build their own. And for the record, I say it all the time, you know, people still do it. I'm not telling you to call us up and ask us for our recipe. Mm. I'm trying to inspire people all right, and, and and learn from us whether it's the chickens or construction or whatever, so that you can build your own. Because if you're not going to buy my coop, I want you to build your own. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. uh, but it's these conversations and listening to this interview and this podcast, I think, is so important because this is what people need to hear. It's not that complicated. If anything, if you complicate it, you're gonna set yourself up for failure. Yep, Dahlia is a chicken Agreed. advocate. We are chicken advocates and I just realized that everyone who has chickens is a chicken advocate and we're all in this together yes just spreading the the, yes. the the happy world of chickens to to yeah, everybody and you can't help chickens. you can't help but <laughs> but talk about them and spread that right I mean it's just it's just exactly 
It's so fun. All right, Dahlia, thank you so much. We're going to have you back on. I'm sure our listeners right now agree. I do love, and please, for our listeners, our viewers, give us feedback. Tell us what you want to see more. Dahlia, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Keep you. up the good work. Welcome You're so welcome. And thank you for having me on. It was an absolute pleasure. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So Chickenlandia, welcome, welcome to, to chickenlandia.com. Yes. Welcome to go there, check it out. Yeah, Thank I'll put you, links on our website. Too. Oh yeah, absolutely. There'll, there'll be links on the website, links in the bottom of this video, probably links in the podcast, mm -hmm. links in all the stuff that Inger does. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. Thank you, okay. Dahlia. Thank you. Thank you, Dahlia. Sorry, Inger's yeah. controlling the mouse. I know. That was cool. Yeah, that was really, really That cool. was fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I definitely want to get to the comments. I do know people appreciate that. It's why they're here. I don't want to avoid them. It's already 124. Also, I'm not sure if Nan is listening. I want to bring in the um, the heater. I want to show. Wow. How'd you do that? I don't know. What'd you just do? I just pulled the comments. Well, hello, my trap. Um, <laughs> not sure. Well, that just... is cool that we can take one. Yeah. And blow it we, up. We, absol yeah. we absolutely can. Um, I just didn't know how to do it. We can actually star them. There's all kinds of things we can do with the okay. comments. Uh, but yeah, let's bring that up. Let's make it bigger. No, I'm trying. I know. Don't. Oh, she gets so mad at me. How uh, will I learn if you don't let me do it? Silence. I've learned to be <laughs> silent. Um, maybe Linda was also asking, I, I think maybe we got off track with her question. She might have just meant if she gets an American coop, I think we advise to keep them when they're young just in the hen house so they know for a couple of days so they know that's where to roost and then let them have and then keep them closed up in the run so they know that's safe and we right. absolutely did and i and i just did that because i, I wanted to generalize mm -hmm. to that point and then be specific going back to her so you're exactly right uh, i want people to realize you know there is different opinions and there's pros and cons and mm -hmm. what i again another reason why i love our coop is you have that ability uh, but now to go specifically to linda you know she's getting the American coop again thank you so much um I say, yes, put them out there, close off the opening to the egg hutch, close off your chicken door. Use a heat source that is safe and a water source that is convenient for the baby chicks, okay? And when they are up on those roost bars at night, which will be maybe after two, three weeks, they'll start trying to hop up there. They'll definitely start on the perch bar. Mm -hmm. But once you see them sleeping on that roost bar at night, to me, that's a cue to open up and give them the potential, the access to get down into the run. Mm -hmm. Don't push them out. Let them go down on their own, and they will. Chickens are such curious creatures, and I just find you won't have those struggles that you will if you're taking them from a brooder at five to six weeks and then introducing them out into the chicken coop. If you do do that, I still advise putting them inside the hen house, mm -hmm. doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so Anthony wants to know what happened to the compressor and staple gun for installing the screen being shipped with the new coops i'd like to know how to get them oh yeah and anthony we we talked about him a couple weeks ago quite a bit i remember that picture um it's on the table for discussion i feel good about it there's some grumbles about possibly doing that mm -hmm. and what i here's the bottom line is people need to see the reason why we want to do that and the value 
and how to present that information to them so they do see the value. I don't want to discourage people from buying our product by going, oh God, man, I got to go out and get an, I got to get a staple gun, I got to get an air compressor. What I'm trying to do is work with a vendor, a very large tool supplier to make that extremely easy for them. Or if people are like, man, I already got a compressor, I already got a staple gun. Let me just buy the stainless steel staples from you. Perfect. Then there's a slight discount. But as we are working on it, oh my gosh, I was going to bring, do you have the picture of the whiteboard? <laughs> We uh, oh, so uh, yeah, little, Ingrid sent it to me. A so little behind the scenes email. of what's going on here at Carolinas. Uh, myself, Nan, Kristen, and Ingrid. We had our first meeting to start after 13, going on 13 years of being in business. Start being proactive, and we had to map out what it takes just to take an order. <laughs> that was incredible. And what we're trying to do is make it so it's very easy to take that order. And I am a huge fan of, I want people to call. I want them to feel good about what they're purchasing. And they're going to have questions, but we are doing everything we can to give them the information they need without having to call us. And that's another component. If we introduce another tool that you're going to need as a staple gun and air compressor, how do we do it? So I want to do it. If the question is, how do we educate the customer so that they know this is the best way to go? And they will always have the possibility. I mean, imagine this with the click and buy. You got to click. I have an air compressor and nail gun, or you got to click, no, I want to have my coupe come with a nail gun or air compressor, or no, give me the furring strips. I love the hammer. You know, how do we do that? So that's some, some people might want that just because it's less expensive. Some people might want, you know, it's or gonna, maybe you could hammer on the, maybe you could put on the screen. That That is an option. Um, that is an option. But remember too, our long-term goal, especially when I see people, I can't afford an American coupe, that, 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 that hurts. I'm trying to make it so the American Coupe is as affordable as possible. And I can tell you, I'm scared. Lumber's going up again. Did I just hear non? Uh, inflation's going through the roof. But we will have this full-on kit. If you want to save money mm -hmm. doing the full-on kit, that's going to be the most affordable way we can do it. But anyways. So Mike meaning it's just all in pieces. It's you're yeah. going to assemble everything. We're going to cut everything. Everything's going to be pre-drilled. We've done it before and we have learned. We did it with the Carolina. Coupe, yeah, it's just was, a lot of parts. It, it took us longer yeah. to do a kit than it. But I think now with the American Coupe and where we're at now here, we'll be able to do the full on kit. Mike asked if he could add a third roost bar to his American Coupe to accommodate his chicken math. <laughs> Bantams, Mike. Bantams. Yeah, I've seen it done. <laughs> Um, it would definitely work if you had bantams. Uh, you just have to be, um, it's just, it's just a little tight, but it's possible. Yeah, not, not the. You'd have bad. to take out the other ones though and yeah. re-space them. Yeah. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. Can you? Yes. It's not ideal. Like, we get this you question. You gotta pace yourself, Mike. That's the problem. <laughs> You're not pacing yourself. It's hard. Um, it's really hard because when you start out with chickens, I was the same way. I wanted like every single one, and mm -hmm. then you see all these chicken pages and all these new breeds and all, and I had to reel it back until I had a broody, and that's how I slowly introduced them. And then when I lost some, and, and it's just it's tough. It is, and you could really, really be setting yourself up for failure. you got exactly. to be real careful adding too many chickens in there. So I can tell you. What if we did something like that? <laughs> you made, like, if these are the two roost bars, and you just made little extra ones in between? So that's not a bad option. Yep, show that to everyone. I call that the fire ladder technique. Oh, I don't know. Is that like a stadium? 
No, no, and then you have bleacher an aerial, style. aerial view. So oh. you've got the two oh, going okay. long ways, and maybe you just put a few short ones in between to make. So here's, so that would add like, I don't know, three or four more. Right. So here's the beauty of spots. I love how big our coops are is if you wanted to get creative, and I'm not, I hope I don't regret saying this. You have enough canvas to work with to add to your drawing. You can put roost bars up higher. You got tons of headroom. You could do it. And you could also lower a couple. So it's kind of a hybrid of bleacher style. Because if you have them too close together, you know, you can have potential problems. Is there problems. anything to screw them to? Because the nesting boxes are down low. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You can. You can just put it right on that sill uh, just above the deep litter area. But when you get into bleacher style, which is a very common technique, you could you, you, the chickens may not be the prettiest ones that are you know in the in the in the outhouse that's on the bottom. If you so they get name. pooped upon. They get pooped upon. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's another good question. Yes. If it's cold and windy out at night, should I close the hen house door? Well, yes, yes. Block the wind chill. But I think maybe what about the little opening in the run that you can leave? Oh, the chicken opening. Yeah. I would leave that. I would leave that because that's never hitting them directly. Exactly. Thank you. But it's too low to hit them. But yeah, unless it's extreme cold. Extreme. Exactly. Cold. We sell them for that reason, and you can, if you're worried about that, that might be an option. Buy the wooden door for your hen house mm -hmm. chicken door, and you can just close them up. Do you have to? No. So thank you for saying that. It's not just me. Um, Dan asked if there's a delay for shipping the American Winter Storm Shields if they order now. We that is a question for, well, sales and non and production. I don't know. Um, I, I, I tell you what, we're thinking about finally adding our fourth CNC to our arsenal. And oh one gosh. of them is just, yeah, one of them's just going to come. I think those are being shipped out in a reasonable time. Okay. I know they're time consuming. And uh, it doesn't matter. I want them available for people. So if someone because was... Because it is time sensitive. All right. Can Wait, we turn... Nana. We got to turn Nan up. Where is she? All right. She is... I'm going to say channel four, mic four. I'm not sure why not. No, 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 no. That's the that's her headset. Don't turn that up. Turn up up the gain at the very top. No, okay. There we go. All right. Nan. Uh, again, there is a slight delay. So she. I think she said three to four weeks. Uh, but come again, please. Over. <laughs> Um, so she'll she'll chime in here. Can you hear me now? Oh, yes, perfect. Mike, yeah, mic four. Check, check. Mic check. Yeah, that delay. Mic check, check, check. Yes, you're good. <gasps> oh, there I am. Mm -hmm. All right, so she'll chime in. How far out are we with the storm shields? I tell you, people love them. They are so run covers are taking about three to four weeks to ship, as per the New York shop where they are currently getting shipped out from. Storm shields, we call them, no? And there's no reason why we can't cut them in North Carolina, too. I'm sure Eric would love some more over time. Um, so three to four weeks. My apologies. Yeah, can we, can we expedite run covers? There's no reason why we can't. Yeah, this is why I wish there wasn't a delay. But we'll, we'll press on. Yes, yes, someone called me. Question mark, add a couple more. All right, so there were some more comments. Where are we at with the comments? I wanted to go back and – or it is – I mean, it is 135. Yep. This is where Ingrid's – And we do go back and answer questions afterwards. 
as much as we can. Right. A lot we, of them are comments on what they do, people do and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, um, but I, I want to talk about them. That is part of this show. I want to acknowledge. I want to, you know, that's just a great way of thinking is acknowledging their comment, even if it's not a question. Uh, and definitely love everyone telling us where you're from. And I noticed our audience picked up. Thank you. I don't know what you did. We, we, we got back up to the 40s. We need to grow the show. Got to grow the show. Uh, I love doing this show. I do too. Yeah, I don't know if changing the time slot is an option. Um, and, I, and the podcasts are doing well, right? When you do the editing. So that is awesome. And we got, we, oh, wait a minute. I want that heater in here. I want that heater. If Nan is listening or someone, please bring in that heater. Uh, I did promise that I'm going to test it. So you have it on video to show how to troubleshoot your 1,000-watt heater. Stand by. Thank you. Okay, so Kim asks, I'm in Louisiana and have 10 chickens in a 12 by 16 covered run with a small tractor supply coop inside. My ladies like to roost outside the enclosed coop. Now that we might have some cold nights, do I need to force them inside, or are they okay roosting in the open? We rarely, we rarely get to freezing, and we, do, and when we do, it's never more than eight hours or so. Yeah, they won't go inside that coop because it's too small, and they don't have the feeling that they're roosting up high, so they just go to the top of it. Um, and in Louisiana, I wouldn't be concerned whatsoever. Thank you. I, I have an open air coop here in North Carolina and they are fine. Courtney asks, what's the best way to stop a hen from sleeping and pooping in a nest box? Please help. It's driving me nuts. Poop does not belong in a nest box. (laughs) So we, uh, that's definitely a concern. Um, and it's based on bad habits. So you need to make, I would say maybe close off that nest box. If you have multiple nest boxes, so you can um, break that habit. That might help, but you're also probably going to have to move the hen to the roost where she should be sleeping every night for maybe several nights to two weeks yep. to, right, let, to get her trained to the right place. Okay, let me pause you for a second. This thing is ice cold. This is what I thought it would look like. We have no power over here. So Nan, could you do me a favor? Just plug that into an outlet where you find it. And they said it should warm up in about three to five minutes. So we're just going to acknowledge that. So again, if you're just didn't see what we did at the beginning of the show, we are showing you how to troubleshoot the paddle heater. Uh, it's not the paddle heater. We originally sold the paddle heater. The heater or the water system. And you also need to do this. This is the advice from the manufacturer for winter to possibly reset if that relay is hung up. So by freezing it and plugging it in is resetting it? Is that yes, because it's about? drastic. Okay. It's almost immediate. It's kind of oh, jog okay. it loose. So this is brand new. It should work. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's already warm. All right, unplug it. See, boom. So that's all it is. I mean, it, it didn't take long at all to have it warm up. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Look at that. So do you think people should do wow. that huh? the first time? Ooh. Wow. Wow. Um, not the first time, no. The first time each season, I was going to say. Yes. Um, okay. That is what the manufacturer is saying. Okay. And, you know, it, it is that time of year. I would love to talk more about what do we do in the winter. I wanted to get in that. We and- did that last week. We did. Yep, that we was our topic. last week's show. We, we did. had a topic. Okay. <laughs> so Where were you? I had that piercing headache, which oh, brought yeah, my... Oh, that was the beginning of your cold. Yeah. God, I hate being sick. I never get sick. Um, so, and I miss it. So what is the best way to stop hens from sleeping, pooping in the box? What did you say in a nutshell? What was your answer? You got to take them out and put them on the roof yeah. at night and 
get them back into a better habit. Is it a chance that maybe even block off that nest box? If that's her spot, that might break her from the habit, but you're still going to have to put her on the. Or is there a chance there's too many chickens or she's getting picked on? Well, yeah, there might be other reasons why there might be reasons why she's in there, but it's still unacceptable. I don't care what kind of excuses you have, little hen. (laughs) This isn't where where we sleep. I know. I had to do that with little Midge. Yeah. I got to put her up there at night. She she starts up on the roost bar and then before oh, well, everybody that's very, else. That's very difficult if she does it after you leave. Yeah, she starts up, but then when everybody else goes up there, she gets kicked off. Oh. So I just wait till it gets dark enough that she won't jump down again mm-hmm. and go back in there. But my coop is 15 feet from my house, so it's not like a big ordeal for me to go out there. Yeah, and earlier when... I said that the baby chicks were uh, the, raising them in the coop was not a good place for the baby chicks. Those were first time chicken owners, and they were at an estate where the chicken coop was being built pretty far from the house, and you had to pass the tennis court or whatever to get there. And I was like, "You're, you're not. You're gonna miss that." Like, and they were first time chicken owners. So I was like, "You're gonna miss a lot if you just have your chicks in the." Yes, and yeah. I agree with that. And the idea is just... And they were so excited. I just... The other thing I did want to say, and I, 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 I have no scientific proof of this, but I feel it's so true. When you put baby chicks outside, even in one of our coops, and I feel 100% confident in their safety, there is something about baby chicks being outside that just triggers predators, I think, even more. Oh, they're, they're, they're chirps and their cries. Yes, they just know it's going to be an even yeah. an easier meal. So that's, oh, yeah, again, that makes sense. That's just, nature. Yeah, it's just another thing. It's like a, be... the wounded rabbit sound, of course. Exactly. That's, that's another great point. All right. Um, do you think we should start wrapping up? Yes, let, let's, yes let's wrap it up. 141, it might even be the longest show. That means it's going to take even longer for um, <laughs> Inger to do the editing. Next Friday, are we here? Yeah. Once again, I know Christmas is coming up. We got things coming up. I got to be mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always look forward. To, I can't believe how fast these weeks keep going by. And um, yeah, so next Friday at noon Eastern, yes, maybe everyone's gonna be here. No, no, no. Will you be here? No. Why not? I need to sit in for Kristen. Mm-hmm. Where are you gonna be? Columbia. Hmm. So you're. On vacation. South Carolina. Um, oh, I said, oh, that's right. Wait, we got an exciting week you next may, week. You may not be here either. Oh, whoa, Atlanta. hold on. Because we have a big coop. Uh, big coop. Big coop site survey next Thursday. Big right site now. survey. Oh, so you're neither one of you are going to be here. Yeah. You, did we tell Ingrid about this? No. No, it just came up last night. Last so. night, big. So so we may, we may not be here. I think we will be. Okay. But I just want to share with everyone. That we, we may not. <laughs> no, we have a huge if, site survey next week. We're pulling in all the big guns for this one. We're bringing Evan down. Um, I, I'm feeling better. I passed my COVID test. That's another reason why I just wanted to make sure I was healthy. Uh, Kristen's obviously going to spearhead because you are sales. We're going to bring Evan in the designer. Uh, I'm going to try to get Nan and I down there. We're all going to uh, go down there. And sell it. And we're, I hope, hope this is huge. It's going to be ludicrous if we don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So interesting. All right. Have a great (laughs) week, guys. Don't take care of your chickens and each other. Ooh, I like that. Non said that. Oh, is that is that our new is that our new outro? Very nice. I like it. Have a great weekend, guys. Take care.